Welcome to Double Burst, a podcast about Dice Masters. We are a group of Utah players that want to bring you, yes you, the latest Dice Masters news, strategies, tips, and more. Whether you're a new or seasoned player, we hope this show has something for you. I'm KT Data, one of your hosts, and welcome to episode 65. In this episode, we'll be talking about rigorous training and sidekick nights, tournaments versus leagues, and when to stop brewing and start tweaking. But first of all, let's kick it off with a rules forum update. Okay, guys, we are here with Dr. J. We're starting off the podcast, and it's a rules forum update. Hooray! It's about time. Um, So... WizKids has posted two new rulings to the Rules Forum. If you guys have never been to the Rules Forum before, I recommend you guys go check it out. Um, it is win.wizkids.com forward slash BB, B as in boy. If you want to find the URL too, you can look in the Wonder Superman Wonder Woman rule booklet, and I think it's on like page two or something that actually has the URL to it too. Uh, or just go to doubleburst.com. We link it there. Um, so we have two rulings. Are you excited for this? Yeah, I'm I'm actually really excited. I think one of these went the way that I wanted it to go. Okay, so um, there's a question about Regenerate, because Regenerate has always been um, a little bit confusing because they mentioned that Regenerate is a KO replacement. So we wondered how some of these interactions happen. So the question is between the Uncommon Hush and the Uncommon Black Adam... And so Uncommon Hush says, while Hush is active, when a Batman-affiliated character dies in the field zone, KO Hush and add a die from your bag to your prep area. And Black Adam says, while Black Adam is active, all villain die gain regenerate. So in this case, when Hush KOs, he should re- you should try to do regenerate mechanic, which roll Hush, and if he rolls a character, he comes back, right? Yep. So the question is, if I have an active Black Adam and Hush in the field zone, my opponent... Uh, and my opponent has an active Batman affiliate character die in his field z- zone. Which of the following is true? Um, number one, Hush will KO, and I will add a die to my bag, or, or a da- die from my bag to the prep area. Then I reroll Hush for regenerate. If Hush regenerates, I can trigger the effect again immediately until he fails to regenerate. Or Hush's effect would only trigger if the reroll for regenerate failed, because according to the rules, regenerate is a KO replacement, and Hush's effect is contingent on him being KO'd. All right, so the the reason somebody would ask this question is because every time Hush KOs, you prep a die. Yeah, so you could essentially draw your whole entire bag. Yeah, so what they're asking is when he KOs and he regenerates, do I prep a die and then do it again? And then if he regenerates, do I do it again and get a die every single time? Uh, It's not explicitly in the question, but it's implied in the question. Mm -hmm. Can I basically stack this effect multiple times using regenerate? And the answer, uh, they say from a technical standpoint... Hush would have regenerate, and each time he successfully used it, he would replace getting KO'd with returning to the field zone, where he'd be KO'd again, attempting to regenerate again. From a practical standpoint, there is only one way for this to end. Hush fails to regenerate, is KO'd, and allows you to prep a die. If there's nothing that happens based on how many times Hush regenerates, you should skip straight to him being KO'd and not waste both players' time. So from what I understand from that ruling, it's that Hush will only prep one die no matter how many times he regenerates. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, and I like how they say from a practical standpoint, because imagine going through a match, and I could see Russ doing this, uh, <laughs> that he would re-roll. Oh, yeah, he, he play through time. all of the re- regenerate re-rolls. It's like, I got to see, see when it fails. Yep. <laughs> um, so that's good. And then so the interesting thing is I've seen some discussion about this, how – this is different from you being able to use a character that has regenerate to do something like fabricate or to pay the cost of like a superhero registration act to stop your opponent from drawing a third die. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like for this one um, that it's looking for the full ability to work, right? Yeah. In so like of- the KO has to be completed and as I said before, regenerate is a KO replacement. So the KO is not considered to be fully completed until he's sitting in the prep area and you're done rolling him. Then you would prep one die. Also, there's kind of a difference here where, you know, that's an ability triggering and the other one is in the other ruling deals with paying costs. Yeah. And so there might be some kind of difference there. It's not 100% clear, but it's pretty clear in this case that yeah. Hush's ability will only trigger once, no matter how many times he regenerates. Yep. So that is the Hush ruling. And then the other one, this is actually, I, I've actually known this for a while, but it doesn't come up that often since there aren't a lot of cards out there that require you to search 
your bag, not draw. There's tons of cards that have you draw a die from your bag, right? Yeah. There's not a lot of them that search. So the question is, does searching for 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 ba- searching your bag? Wow, I can read tonight. For a die count as drawing. So. The question um, specifically applies to the uncommon Rip Hunter from the Batman set. If I named Batman with Rip Hunter, then used common bat signal to search for my bag for a Batman die, can I choose what face to put Batman on? On the text, the Rip Hunter says, when you draw the name die, you may place it in your reserve pool on any face. Does searching your bag count as drawing that die? Yeah, so um, it doesn't. Then that's the, that's the, that's the simple answer is... Searching your bag for a die and drawing a die are two different things. Yeah, and, and I, I, I kind of like how they, they want to try to draw that line between if you're looking for something specific in your bag, it's not the same as kind of a little bit of that randomality yeah. um, of just drawing out a bag. Of course, you know, you could time it so you just draw a die out of the bag, but that still, you know, requires a little work, whereas searching, you're going to like peek in. Um, yeah, you're going to open it up. You're going to find the specific die you want. You're going to pull it out. Yeah, because I, I know that I think there's an older ruling, too, that mentions that when you search a bag, if there's nothing in your bag, you don't refill it either. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's kind of a good reminder, especially with this. And who knows? We might be getting more card effects that require search versus drawing a die, which I think that might be cool. I mean, that would be fun. Yeah. Yep. So those are our two ruling updates is this enough to sustain you for a little bit longer or yeah for for <laughs> a couple weeks so <laughs> i'm really hoping we get some more soon so uh, if you have rules questions submit them to the uh to the rules forum because i think that uh i think they're more likely to answer questions if uh, they get some more yeah because you know, they I, get some more feedback from players saying we really want a, a specific question answered so if you really do have a question go ahead and submit it yeah because i believe that they take that into consideration too if they see a lot of one question asked they're more likely to answer that versus you know just a, a one-off somewhere yeah um and you know with kids if you're listening um jared's already a starting starving student so don't make him a starving rules <laughs> then it'll just be hungry my forever. sustenance <laughs> all right so dr j we will have you back a little bit later to to pick your mind about uh well it's not really we're gonna have an intervention awesome okay guys we are here with kenneth and jared how are you gentlemen doing tonight doing good really good um i'm excited about this because WizKids kind of just snuck this in under the radar like you just saw a post randomly. I didn't expect to see this. Yeah, this came out of nowhere. So we, I think. yeah. So WizKids, what is it, about six months ago, kind of introduced these sidekick nights. So nights dedicated for stores to have events where experienced players are there and new players are there, and you're kind of there to teach the new players how to play Dice Masters and get them on this crack. That yeah, is Dice Masters. Um, and so what they actually announced, what is it, about a week ago at the time of recording is that if you go to one of these, I think, do they call it fall or winter? I um, think it said fall. Fall sidekick yeah. nights. I feel like one of us has a computer in front of us to get pull it up. <laughs> um, but so, yeah. I'm You'd rather ask sure it was us the fall than look season. it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I have. So they've, they've introduced a card that you can actually get, but you only can get by going to the sidekick night. They weren't really clear on how to get it, but we'll get to that a little bit. Um, so they introduced a card called Rigorous Training, and it is called a sidekick card, and the ability is all sidekicks get plus one defense. And then at the bottom, this is a new addition to the cards that we really haven't seen before, is they actually added a special area, and it says, while this card is on your team, each player gets all of the benefits listed on it. This card takes up one of the spaces for a character or action card when building your team. So essentially now, if you have this on your team, you're building a seven character team, right. right so yep. you, would, you would have this sidekick card seven characters and two basic actions yeah so they introduced a faq for it already and one of them is how does this card work and it's like this is the first ever sidekick card by adding this to your team all sidekicks sidekick dice or active characters with the ally keyword i liked how they clarified that too um, get a bonus defense including your opponent's sidekicks it takes up one of your spots on the uh on your team in place of a character or action card um, and then they answered some of the other stuff because we're like, well, we always have dice and card coming together. This one is, um, since it doesn't come in a sealed product, or do I place dice on this card? You don't place any dice on this card at the beginning of the game. Sidekick dice can't be sent to this card, which is, I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then can I use it in draft? They're like, it doesn't come in sealed product, so no. <laughs> um, unless, and apparently that's going to be true for all the sidekick cards unless it's a basic action. Um, 
or it is in a basic action. So it's going to be true. So this is the one that everybody's going to ask. How do I get my hands on one? Simply participate in your store's upcoming Sidekick Night event. Um, and then they tell you their event locator in the win. Um, and it's not too late for stores to participate. So if your local store hasn't signed up already, be sure to encourage them to do so. And as far as I know, I think if you're a store slash retailer, you go contact your distributor, which is Alliance, um, to work out the details with that. And they'll they'll have all the information on how to get this OP kit. Right. Um, and um, I, I like this. Uh, will there be more sidekick cards like this planned in the future? You'll have to wait and see. Yeah, who knows? Let's see how successful this <laughs> yeah. one is. I don't like that answer because... Yeah. I want more. I like. I haven't even played <laughs> with this thing, and I already know I want more. Yeah. So how do you? Think? I think there will be more. Yeah, I, think I think that so. it's interesting enough that everyone's going to have to get it, which is the first step in them deciding to, to do more of them. The second step is if it sees play, and I think it will. I mean, it's so unique, it's so different that I think that people will use it, even if they don't have a great plan for it. They'll just say, "I want this on the team because it's so different." Yeah, I mean, it's there's already abilities that do similar things, you know, that will give like a static defense buff to Abs- there's your things that do it better, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things that do it better. But I mean, um but those are always on characters, so you have to buy them and then you have to get them in the field. This yeah. thing it, it's just static. It's the just whole a, game, yeah. there's no way to blank it, there's no way to stop it from doing what it's doing. It also kind of it, it has a bigger impact on team building in general yeah because now you're talking about 20 dice divided among seven characters so but and and then you also run the risk though because of its effect that applies to both sides yeah you've also got to take into account that your opponent is going to get the benefit um so if you have hope your opponent doesn't bring a flying sidekicks team (laughs) if you build the team specifically to run 20 dice off of seven characters and you come up against someone with a sidekick-focused team, well, hopefully you've got some really good seven characters <laughs> yeah. to deal with that because you just really helped out your opponent. Because you, you know what I want to use this with? What's that? I, I want to use this with Taskmaster. Get get an ally on just to boost Taskmaster's defense up one for no apparent reason. <laughs> so I'm going to get an ally on, uh, okay. on there All and right. Taskmaster. Sure. Yeah. C- come on. You, you know I like to... We like to do yes. all the things with Taskmaster. Yes. So Taskmaster, I, I, Taskmaster <laughs> needs to do all the things. Um, kind of the other thing to think about with with this one is um, crap. I lost it. Oh yeah, you can't flip it with a Cal L. Yeah, with a yeah. Cal L type global. This is a static, continuous. Whatever it is, whatever. it is a it's uh, an active buff. That's it's what I'm a, call it. It's a gonna stay where the buff is kind of buff. <laughs> it's gonna stay yep. in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always going to be buffing the D. So all of your little one two sidekicks, you can't use the Kal-El Global to flip that and make them two ones. Yeah. So how do you think this is going to impact, especially those beginner games, getting that extra plus one defense onto your sidekick? Well, I mean, it's going to help people who like to flood their fields with sidekicks. And I think that's something that you see newer people do a lot of is, you know, when they roll their sidekicks, when people are first starting out, they don't really see the strategy in re-rolling their sidekick characters to try to get energy on them all the time. And they'll just, if they roll a sidekick, they'll put it in the field um, and sometimes mm-hmm. even attack with and them. That, that can get discouraging too because it, it ends up they'll field it. And then you attack, it gets knocked out, and then well, yeah. I'm just going to roll so it again. So this could end up being like a crutch for newer players, especially as it's geared toward giving out to newer players with these sidekick knights. Um, but I think that it's something that people will eventually just learn, and then they'll start to use it more strategically. Yeah, I've, I've found what I, I consider there's kind of two phases for beginners. And everyone kind of like different people start in one and then move to the other, but... I've seen just about every new new player, either they start off by walling up everything and never wanting to attack and waiting until they've got 20 or they can do everything that they can think of or they run out of dice, I've seen among my children. Uh, <laughs> I wonder then, if one day your children are going to listen to these episodes. <laughs> and, <just> like, <laughs> and then the other phase that I see a lot of beginners do is attack with everything. And I think that this card will add something to both of those styles. It'll 
encourage the people who are constantly attacking and leaving their field empty to maybe hold back a little bit. Or it at least makes it so you attack with your sidekick, I block with my sidekick, Bounce. they stay. It's, you know, you're, you don't get to just keep clearing your field. You're going to... It's going to force of, you not to rely on the sidekicks. You've got well, to do something else. Well, it's going to force you to not rely on the sidekick, and it's going to also force them to use them in a defensive way. It's also with the people who want to wall up and block and, and wait until they have everything flooded. Well, that buff is also on the other side of the field, so you've got to be able to figure out when to send that wall across. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it'll help walls for sure because it's a defensive buff. But I think that it will, because it buffs both sides, it will kind of balance itself out and it'll kind of push newer players, I imagine, to be a little bit more well-rounded a little faster because I think most people kind of find that balance after a little while. Yeah, because like you... You also see those guys who just, they're stuck in that phase too, right? They don't really expand out. And oh, yeah. it's hard to push them to, like, come, explore the pool a little yeah. bit more. It, it really could uh, influence the way that more uh, veteran players play as well. Because, I mean, before, if my opponent attacked with a bunch of sidekicks or something and I had sidekicks in the field, I wouldn't feel bad blocking their sidekicks with my sidekicks so they'd get knocked out and I'd get some ramp. Yeah, free press. That doesn't happen anymore. Sidekicks don't knock each other out anymore because they all have one attack and two defense. And so you have to find some other way to get that ramp or it's just going to throw another curveball at at veteran players and make them think, you know, how am I going to deal with this plus one buff to all the sidekicks? We're going to have to wait until that second sidekick card comes out that gives a plus one to attack to all sidekicks. And all sidekicks are two-two. Then we're we're right back to where we've always been, (laughs) nice and comfortable. It's two-two, and then you only have six cards to play now. Oh, there you go. (laughs) That's right. uh, I really want them to make, like, eight, and then you don't really have anything in your team. That's something something that Russ brought up was he was saying, if they bring more of these into the game, I hope that they make it like a ruling that you can only have one on your team. I don't think they'd be synergistic at all, though. (laughs) I mean, the fact that they help both sides, I don't think there would be any advantage to having, I mean, assuming that they continue with that pattern where they they, uh, help both you and your opponent, there wouldn't be any benefit to showing up with eight of those because no you wouldn't show up with eight of them you've got all those benefits so does your opponent and presumably your opponent also has a team (laughs) (laughs) you you show up to an event and all you bring is seven of these cards and like falcon and make all your sidekicks unblockable i think that's kind of what he's worried about is like just stacking it and then putting some kind of sidekick win condition on your team and then having really ridiculous sidekicks right off the bat if this card and you know the the presumable future uh, sidekick cards, if they really take off, you're gonna see a lot of uptake and people playing with sidekick hate. Uh, yeah, I know that like the upcoming doppelganger is going to be a thing that uh, I know uh, Russ is really excited about. Russ is always I'm excited stoked about, about it. I'm so excited. you're you're really excited about it. I think it's really interesting if this sidekick card becomes a big thing i i think that that there's i can't think of exactly what card but i know there's things that it's like uh sidekicks take a damage when they're fielded or sidekicks can't be fielded things oh, like yeah. that or knock out all sidekicks when fielded those are all going to get bigger if these sidekick cards really take off yeah i mean you i mean that's what i was actually thinking i was like the rare static from green arrow flash might be something that you'd want to play on your team if you were playing with this card instead of the common because the common deals a damage every time your opponent rolls and the rare just knocks out a sidekick yeah. every time they and, roll. And then yeah. you'll see those people who will finally see that, you know, that foot ninja no one ever plays that gets plus one, plus one for all the sidekicks on the field. Oh. Yeah, we'll finally see people yeah. play that because no one ever plays that, right? I mean, he, <laughs> now that thing will get plus one, plus one, and an extra plus one defense. Yeah, they'll just be extra huger. Yeah, yeah. But, which, um, which makes me like physically, I'm thinking of that. I'm like, the foot ninjas are supposed to be quick, right? But now you're making their defense higher, so they're just like slowly going across the field. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a uh, a Jervis Tetch that like steals your opponent's sidekick or sidekicks. 
Uh, isn't there a scarecrow that also like when it's yeah. scarecrow? Yeah. yeah, there's a scarecrow. Does it capture all of your? Opponents? Well, there's one that you can does he, you take control of. Oh, you take control yeah. of them. That's right. That yeah. could be really big if these sidekick cards take off, especially if they turn it into more of an aggressive sidekick card. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and then so before I want to go, I wanted to ask you guys too. Since this is going to be a sidekick night, and it is going to be it's they're designed to get new players in. I wanted to see if you guys had any tips or any ideas on teams you want to bring um, for a sidekick night so you can teach a new player how to play. Obviously, I doubt we're not. I mean, we won't be bringing Russ's controlled by death team or, like you know, these top tier meta right. teams to just crush everyone because that's not cool. Um, but like, what are your guys' suggestions for people who haven't been to a sidekick night before or haven't done a lot of teaching of Dice Masters to new players on what to kind of look out for? What I would say is, uh, see, I don't have like a bunch of new player teams to bring, but I would say if you're going to go to these events, it's probably a good idea to take maybe a couple of starter sets with you and try to build some teams out of those so that you can show the new people, hey, these are the kinds of teams you can get just by buying yeah, some starters sp- spend 20 bucks and you could build this team yeah you don't have to go hunting for packs or whatever you know once you have a solid and this is the way it works in other collectible games is once you have like a solid starter you can go and you can collect you know packs or whatever and you can add those into your team and eventually you're going to get to the point where you you have that team and then another team that you like and then you have used to have a few different teams that you go with and that's kind of the way I see Dice Masters going. So if you go to these sidekick events, I'd say take a couple of starters, open them up, show them to the new people, play with the new people. If that way you're not putting yourself at an advantage by bringing some card that, you know, it's hard for them to get a hold of. Um, and I think it'll be, and just sit across from them and walk them through their moves and kind of the strategy of the game and the rules uh, I did that at a sidekick event recently. I taught a kid and his dad how to play the game, and they seemed to really, really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And and don't be afraid to lose. Like I, you honestly, yeah. I would say like almost go as far as you can in the other direction because nothing feels better than winning. Give someone a yeah. hit of that to start off with, yeah. and you're going to see a lot more return. Yeah, like yeah. I, I like the two teams that I usually have as my kind of learning teams is a blue green lantern team and a villain retaliation team. And I can tell you that villain retaliation team is much stronger than blue green lantern. It's not impossible to loot, to win, to, to win with the blue green lantern one. But what I do is like, here's the villains. And then let me show you this mechanic. And most of the time people who play it and get retaliation and they're just smashing me like, Oh, this is awesome. And yeah. they, they just get addicted. And I'm like, I'm fine losing. There's a lot of people out there who, if they if they lose their first couple times playing a game, they won't like it as well. Yeah, and so give them yeah, give them the thrill of of winning a match. You know, teach that you know, show them how much fun the game really is and how much strategy is involved in it. And a lot of people will just fall in love with the game. Yeah, that way. I have kind of two approaches to building uh, like starter teams, and they kind of. There's there's things in common with each. Like I always try to stick with commons. Starters is even better. Um, if I know who I'm trying to teach, I try to build to their preferences. If I know I'm building for a Batman fan, I'm gonna try and build a Batman focus. There's, there's gonna right, be, yeah. you know, you know the sure. Bat family's more than uh, if show I'm up. if if I'm building if I'm gonna try and teach someone who comes from playing a lot of D and D, I'm gonna stick with the D and D sets. Um, and the other thing that I do is I always try to make it well-rounded but simple. Yeah. I don't want cards that have four different effects that are situational that if this triggers and then this and then this and big chain reactions. But I always try to get someone with overcrush, you know, maybe an aftershock, uh, get someone with fast, get someone with deadly. Try to get a little bit of everything that goes on so that they can see them. Also, in more recent times, I try to keep it to modern because mm-hmm. that is the format that most people are playing. And the last thing that you want to do is show someone, hey, look at all these cool cards that you love that you, you, you can play maybe you know once a month or every couple of months. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we probably should update, but 
if you guys have not been listening, we actually have a article on a learning team you put together that kind of yeah, works on that building that, of the mechanics. That absolutely um, needs to be updated yeah. because I want to say that kit, <laughs> we published that and then Modern was announced like probably an hour later. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I, I think that it was, that happened really close to the yeah, same time. But that's, that's kind of a good starting point. And like, yeah, I really just like keep yeah. it, like keep it as simple as possible. Because I mean, I think all of us have had those situations where we've gone to learn uh, how to play a game and then the other you know the experienced player is like oh and then you do this 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 and this and you're like what yeah i, d- I just don't understand I, right i feel like that that article uh it would still be worth a read because there's a lot of the think about everything that you're putting on the team have a reason for it have a reason that you're trying to teach it um the teams themselves are probably not the best choices anymore yeah. because there's a lot of stuff that's only in golden age right mm-hmm. I will say the the new rigorous training card looks awesome too. Yeah, I so love. The, a I like. I actually like and, the art on this. Like, it looks like, so cool. The original art's pretty cool too. It's an uncommon, isn't it? Uh, it's got green stripes all over it. So <laughs> I'm gonna say it's an uncommon. But it has curves. Maybe it's all Web 2.0 yeah, now. now. Hopefully so they'll nice. release a foil. Like yeah, oh, yeah so good looking. An extra special sidekick night foil. Like one person gets it, maybe a drawing. Are you kidding me? Like Just that. make that the Sweet. make that the first place prize for a WKO, and I'd still go and try and get it. That would be pretty cool too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much. So, if you guys have any tips or questions about sidekick nights or teaching dice masters to new players, we are always always open to hear questions from you or feedback from you guys. And you can do that by sending us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net or leaving it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Gentlemen, thank you so much. We will hear from both of you later on in the show. Okay, we are here with the KO King. Russ, how you doing? Good, how are you? And Ken Poole. You got what up? So this is a... Um, Interesting topic that we have today is, and it's a little bit more on the bookkeeping side of things. Um, we wanted to talk about the differences between tournaments, so those weekly events that we have, and leagues, which are, I don't know what what's generally a league it, would be a series of events. yeah ser- series of events that are kind of tied with yeah somehow some kind are of framework, interconnected right? whether it's uh, by set or by theme or even just a bunch of different events that would have nothing to do with each other but maybe you're gaining points throughout them and uh it leads to an overarching almost like a meta game outside of Mm -hmm. the game yeah and and so when we say tournaments we don't mean like wkos and stuff we're talking about your weekly events that you show up to because in the win system they're all called tournaments Tournaments, right there um which are okay to be casual and fun absolutely yeah um i'll tell you like when we play we pull out Weird stuff. And update, guys, I got vibe to work. Uh, well, I know I know. Dr. J likes to just break out, you know, yeah, he, barred every week. Well, but no, that's some Diego. Of us like, he, 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 oh, he likes true. Diego. Know, I, I think he's leaning more towards, ma- you know, masquering teams. Is, huh. that's, that, you, know, you know how he vehemently hates it on the podcast, but secretly he's just in love with them. Likes to break it out every week to be like, oh, I was trying this new combo. It's a ring and some masks. I'm sure this is real fun for the listeners. You guys antagonizing so many listens on this segment. Don't worry. This is just payback for another segment we were antagonizing Russ. Get in on this segment. You guys want me in. All right. So, um, yeah. So where where do we want to kind of start, like, in, in, diff- in terms of tournaments and leagues and how they kind of fit in this more of – Building your Dice Masters community. So a tournament, like we said, it's any event and every event. And a league is... Typically like be, three games, four games. Yeah, usually you've got, you got a handful of Swiss rounds. In the bigger tournaments, you've got a handful of Swiss rounds, and then you cut to top, and then there's you know best ofs and eliminations and all of that. Um, Those take your forever. league is going to be a series of tournaments. Um, the best ones that I've... The, well... The ones that I've enjoyed the most. I'm not going to say the best ones because there's really only been there's a couple some, of yeah. leagues that I've participated in. But the ones that I've enjoyed the most focus on one set. Usually the way that they've done it at, at one of our local stores here is they have you draft from whatever set just came out. And they do about a six-week league after that where you add like three packs uh, you know, so you draft week one, you add three packs to your draft pool and rebuild your team week two. You add another three packs to that pool, rebuild your team for week three. 
Uh, like halfway through, at some point, they'll do like a semi-constructed where you pick four cards from your pool uh, and then open another like five or ten packs, whatever, mm-hmm. and build from those yeah. new packs and then you know add another three the next week and then maybe do a full like unlimited within set. So not just from your pool or just... It's you know, like you can take off the gloves now and just go all... Yeah. So... What it does is it really uh, focuses on that set and it brings a lot of things to light about that set. And uh, it also allows you to really, really hone and massage and focus mm-hmm. on one team yeah. and figure out your play within that set and what you like. Yeah, I really like that midpoint break too because you're like, okay, well, we four weeks of doing the same thing seems like okay, right? But once you have that one week where you're doing that semi-constructed or something a little bit different than what you've been doing the prior weeks, it kind of re- re- reinvigorates you and revitalizes you. So if you've been doing really bad at the first half, that kind of can give you that boost where you can finish strong in the second half of the league, yeah. right? Right. So locally, if you wanted to, you could play, at least here in the Salt Lake area in Utah, you could probably play... It used to be five nights a week. I think you could play four nights a week, at least right now, maybe five, depending on how far you want to travel in different events. Mm-hmm. So you could play a tournament, and that's why I really enjoy the leagues. It's just trying to come up with teams that fit certain builds, a fun build is is really nice, but then you you run that team, and then you never play it again unless you find something you like. Mm-hmm. So there are benefits to that. It's really, you know, very light, pretty easy. You know, I yeah, like that, the, that allows your flexibility, commitment. too, right. a little bit, because if you have new players coming in and stuff, you can be like, all right, well, this theme's a little bit more catered to new players and stuff. Um, whereas in the league, if you're about halfway through, unless you've planned for it, and I know some of the leagues that we've been in, they've kind of planned where you can jump in halfway through and not be yeah. at a dis- too far at a disadvantage. Well, sometimes yeah. for, for some people, you get a distinct high advantage from yeah. showing up late like rusted for the Batman league. Yeah. Um, but like, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so like that, that, that that's why I kind of like, sometimes you have the tournaments and, and sometimes league. So like, I'm not a fan of just one store, just doing straight leagues all the time. I like the mix of both because it, Adds a, a, it's surprising how much just a league coming in will add a little bit more variety to what you'd normally see during like a week-to-week tournament, right? Yeah, and I like the theme of league, whether it's uh, like the set, like the Batman set, and that store does a great job. Game Night, they do a great job where they... Yeah, shout out know. to Tim, because he's, he's like the mastermind behind it. Yeah, He has a great point system, and then he encourages you to come to the whole thing because there's a participation prize if you show up to all the leagues, and... It's usually you, could, you get like a, a really nice yeah. ice bag, and then he's got other, other things like you know a Funko Pop for the person who wins week three or whatever. He's got like a weekly prize for for each piece, person who wins each week. It's just a really really good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're forced to use the cards that you draft with, so it's and then adding to it each week, which may cause you to change up your team, you know, and add different things. I believe I went through. The, the, <laughs> The, the yeah. whole thing, and I couldn't get a firefly, a common firefly. <laughs> I had the rares, I had all the con- uncommons, but could not pull a rare, common firefly. Good. Seriously. So we've Good. done we've done some leagues too. Uh, one that sticks out, the D and D league that Nathan did. It oh, was that- super thematic, and I yeah. really really enjoyed that. Where we started with, I think three characters. I, I want to say we did a draft, didn't we? Uh, I think we did a we, draft. We did a draft, but we couldn't play with a full eight-character team at the beginning. Right. Oh, yeah, that's like, what it was. Yeah, we yeah, started with, you, I think it was like a four-character. Yeah, base. you had to yeah. earn experience to buy new characters, but then we had a store each week that we could buy, you know, yeah, you could, buy you new could characters or you could buy with, packs. With gold that you earn from winning games and stuff right. like that. And that was a lot of fun. I would like to do more of that. I have a kind of a sports fantasy type thought to a game to a league that I, I want to do. I, I still want to do that, and, and I still want to do that, that <laughs> weekly recap podcast. I think that would be yeah. fun. Where we, you know, you draft like you would, say, like a NFL teams, like you draft your team that way instead of what we're used to, and then we have trades each week. You have a certain amount of money for free agents. Yeah, and then your characters have to get exhausted because you're yeah. working them and stuff, which we might have a segment on that once we yeah. get it all put together and run it through. So, But... I like the really thematic like that because it kind of alters the game and it just changes things up for me. I Plus, 
when you do those kind of things, leagues limit the ability of kind of the wide range of 2,000 cards. You really get some things that you are forced to play with that you're just like, oh, yeah. this isn't as bad as mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah, Make it work this way. Especially in those drafts that they do over at uh, game night where if you drafted poorly and you've got bad luck opening packs, you are not playing something that is optimal at all. I mean, it's you're just expanding on a draft team that sometimes a draft team isn't great. Um, and it really forces you to dig deep into the set. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I play something that feels a little bit more optimal against something that to me looks like you got, you know, a crap draft and then you beat me and I go, Whoa, there's a whole, there's all kinds of new layers to the game that are opening up. Yeah. So I look at, I know it's not a, long-term campaign game but i look at the league more of this i've got you know this six weeks or four weeks that i'm going to go play in this league i'm committed to it it's a lot of fun you get to play teams over and over again sometimes with little little changes it really helps you to hone in on that team or your group of cards and you you know you add new things you're like oh if i get this one card like a common firefly it's really going to help my team. But if you don't get it, you don't get it. Right? Yeah, I was and using then, the rare, and the rare with its global is surprisingly yeah. Like, yeah. great if you have a lot of villains and stuff. I was using that and like, oh, I like this. Yeah, I've, and I've, I've found another thing that uh, is kind of a fun extra little like point for the leagues is, you know, the weekly tournaments, and we do a lot of themes here. You know, we don't just do unlimited modern or unlimited golden age. We do all kinds of things. Everyone has a theme night. You know, we can play upwards of like four or five times a week, but you're building something different for each of those, Um, which means that we tend to kind of go, everything kind of gets aggregated through our local Facebook page. And most of the time we'll look at it and go, that theme sounds fun. I've got an idea. I'll go play that. This one doesn't appeal to me as much. You know, this one looks good. This one doesn't. With the league, it's okay for the next six weeks. On Mondays, I'm going to be here. I tell the wife, "Look, expect me to be gone on Mondays." It's it's you cool know? when yep. the wife shows up too, because yeah, I mean, my my wife will play for for the people whose wives don't. You know, that's a day that you can sort of block out. You know, a month and a half of this is going to be my dice masters day. If if your wife gets upset that you want to play three or four times a week, or only wants you to go out once a week, and you have to make that choice. A league kind of makes that choice easier mm-hmm. for you. You go, and, all right, for the next six weeks, this is what I'm doing. Right, and that store has that where you're buying a few packs each week, so it kind of keeps yeah. that for them, yeah. too, where it's not just you guys are going to come draft yeah. and then you know, play in the store. And I found time. leagues are actually a great intro to some of the new players, too, because there's 2,000 cards now. If you're a new player, that's a little overwhelming. Oh, yeah. when, when you kind of focus on a little bit por- towards one set, but even even if they're new players, they'll start recognizing abilities and stuff, and that actually helps some of. I've I've seen some new players where like, yeah, like before this, I didn't. There was just too many to pick from. Yeah. Where I like focusing on this, so I kind of have a little bit more limited constraint of abilities to pick from, and it allows me to understand them a little bit more than I normally would by just reading a line and going onto the next card. Yeah, and with that with that formula specifically for a league, uh, it also helps newer players with the ideas of brewing and how to build a team and how to tweak it and how to look for the different synergies yeah, and, and then, stuff like that. Then, then they have the chance to test it right after too, instead of just exactly. I mean, cause I know you do, you do a lot where you kind of theory craft, but then you don't get to play a lot of the team right. and stuff where this you're taking what you just did and put, well, putting it into Well, action. it also helps them to understand, okay, this week I tried this. What if I add just this one or two characters that I was thinking about? How does it alter? How does it, change how I play, which I think is is very good to do. It helps them understand that process of of what it means to get a competitive team, right? I mean, a competitive yeah. team, you're really, for the most part, you're not going to sit down and throw eight cards out and all of a sudden it's going to work. It's going to be play it maybe in an event and it take some stuff out and adjust. So a league kind of helps them to understand that. And like I said, you can make the team really thematic. Um, I'm curious to see what other... Maybe what some of the listeners have had. Yeah, because I, I know the lockout of. leagues are really popular right. right now. Where once you bring that card, it's nobody else can use it for the rest of the league, right. kind of thing. Right. And uh, I, I think, not that 
the game kind of needs it just because a lot of us, when we brew, we kind of tend to know what's like on the forefront of our mind. Scarecrow. Direct damage. Yeah. Scarecrow. But, you know, you kind of have like an idea of, of cards. Damage. And then you go, you go back and look through, like I'll go look through my binders and randomly find cards that, to build around it. And you just forget how some of those cards are really good. And then, then you realize with how terrible new, Captain with, Universe with new, is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> with, with new abilities, right? Some of those things are, are really good now with new abilities. So it, it kind of forces that. It also helps. So if you did like a Justice League league, n- new players would be able to go back and really play with some of that fun stuff that, mm-hmm. that we did. So I don't know. I like the weekly events. I really do. I enjoy them. I enjoy brewing for different things. But leagues I always look forward to and, and make sure that I, if there, my schedule allows that I'm going to commit to that league. Like Ken said, it's easy to say yeah. I'm here you know, each Monday night for the next six weeks. There is the potential with any league – there's always the potential downside of it growing stale. Yeah. Whether it's I drafted crap and I'm not opening crap and I'm just losing and losing and losing, that can wear on someone. The, the D&D league that we did a long time ago, the theme and the approach to it was amazing. I mean, it was absolute genius. The implementation on it had some kinks that yeah. were really difficult that we had to play like X amount of games against X amount of different people. And there, and it wasn't quite a de- dedicated night, like night to it, it. You, that you were supposed to play a few nights in between. And then there was a dedicated night where you did some other things that league. Everyone was extremely excited on day one and, and yeah. you know, week one and week two, but by week like four or five, six, whatever it was that it ended, I think that there yeah, ended up was, being like two people who did the final yeah, challenge. Yeah. I mean, it really, yeah, it was, really petered out because there were just and they were really small. Like it's one of those things that if, if we were to do it again, we could take that same framework and make some very minor adjustments to keep it from getting stale. But it did get stale. Yeah. It was just a little bit too long. And then the the thing about leagues is since you have this set amount of time. Part of the problem, too, was new sets were coming in right. near, near the tail yeah, end. And people are like, I want to see the new stuff. Yeah, that one was rough because th- we did that with the uh, the second D&D set. And then it was, I think, less than a month later, uh, World's Finest came out. Yeah, which that really impacted really, it. was really, really hard. Um, but even like the, the Deadpool League over at Game Night, I had a lot of fun with it. You played. You were not doing too well. Uh, <laughs> I went. I think I did really well on the, the first night on the draft. And then every week after that, I went one and two. I went one and two every single week. And it was – I enjoyed the format. I enjoyed the people I was playing with. I was trying to get a full foil Deadpool set. Um. But winning wasn't keeping me playing, and there were nights where I got pretty, I felt pretty defeated. I got kind of salty. Um, but I like overall, I liked the league and I liked the format, and I wanted to, uh, you know, at least encourage the store with my presence and with my money to to do it again, because it was just bad luck, is how I felt. It wasn't a problem yeah. with the league or anything, but it did. It got very, very stale for me, and it got kind of hard for me to leave with a smile on my face. Yeah, but looking back at it, you still had fun. Yeah, Turned no, I, I love yeah. the format, and I intend to show up at every league and hopefully do better. I, I believe I ended up taking first in the Batman League, if I remember right. So, like, that, yeah. that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> wow, somebody <laughs> looks bitter about that. Yeah. So... But that store does a good job of when the, he they do it with new product. Mm-hmm. So the new product comes out, they start a league, and that's a lot of fun because it helps you as a player understand a lot of the new stuff that maybe you don't get to play all the time, depending on how much you get to play at home on your tabletop. Um, and then, like I said, I think it's fun to take and go do old stuff and then add themes to it. So I think doing a league don't overlook leagues and what it might can do. be a good way if you uh, if you're a store and you've got four boxes of Age of Ultron that no one's buying, if you can throw a couple of other prizes on top of that, you know, like a, a Funko Pop figure or a plush. Yeah. Marvel's or, not pushing out or, merchandise left and right. <laughs> or something else that you can kind of throw into the prize pool to to add more to it than just you get more Dice Masters product for a 
two-year-old set. Yeah. A, an Age of Ultron League could be a very fun and, and, and get your community enthusiastically buying up that product that's just sort of chilling there. Um, that for, for game store owners, I think that that's a really good way to look at uh, moving some older product that has maybe stagnated. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So thank you so much for kind of talking about tournaments and leagues. We want to hear from you guys. Have you run any leagues or do you have any questions about leagues and stuff? Because, you know, we've had a small sample size, so we want to hear how, how you do it, where you're at. So shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. All right, we will see both of you guys in a second. And Russ, we have to talk. And, <laughs> and one more shout out to Tim and Scott over there at game night. They both do awesome. All right, we are back with Ken Poole and Dr. J and the KO King. How are you guys doing? Swell. Great. So, Russ, we, we've brought you here today because we're your friends and we care about you. But You, you have the, problems, you, Russ. You, you have problems, man. We, we, we got we to gotta, we gotta sit down. You know, I know you love brewing and all. But you got it. It's normal for people to brew eight, nine teams at a time. That's that's normal. That's not normal. No, 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 you don't. You're not supposed to be losing sleep over brewing. Yeah, because you've got nine teams that you're trying to brew. We got what we got to get to is get that good balance of you brewing and then actually developing that brew into a fully fledged team. I might add that we I saw on Facebook today that somebody says, I listened to Double Burst. Take Russ's ideas and put in a win condition. <laughs> put in a win con. Uh. <laughs> it's so true. Ben might have said that. Um, that was pretty funny. Yeah. That was funny. So, so, yeah, what we're talking about today is when do you draw that line from trying out all these ideas and, like, taking the team and actually developing it into a fully-fledged team? Because I, I know, Russ, you have problems with this. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> so, like, this has been a problem for Russ lately because he'll show up to an event. With he'll one start his, brewing halfway with, through the event. With one of his nine half-baked teams, <laughs> and then he'll lose and get mad why he's losing. And he's like, I don't want to play this game anymore. He gets really fed up, and he's, like, <laughs> super, super salty from just the moment he sat down. And it's like, you brewed this team and you haven't even practiced it yeah, yet yeah, yeah like you'll see it happen too like he'll buy one dime like i just lost the game <laughs> like, Dude, <laughs> and, and then it's i should have brought this other one that i'm brewing or this other one that I'm brewing. you know if i would have brought this one it would have been perfect against this matchup and it would have eaten this guy alive but i would have definitely lost to that guy over there they're all terrible half-baked ideas i mean that's the problem is they're half developed and they're not completely Fleshed out. They're even a little fleshed out. Well, they're just my first versions of the team, so those are never fleshed out. Do you those ever are get just your... like oh, but look you don't at all get past concepts. the first version. Yeah, like do you, you ever get the first version? You lose. You throw it away. No, and you go over to one of your other ones, where you're like, hey, maybe I should put this card on this team and this card on this team. Oh, those two cards would work really well with these four cards over here. So I'll make another team out of those four, and then it just continues. Okay, it devolves. So... You build one team. You come up with one idea, and it devolves into nine teams. I've focused more. In the last two weeks. He's gonna say the nine is the focused. No, so with the with the <laughs> there was a golden event here locally that got me really excited about brewing. I took a a week or two away from playing. Oh, it was longer than events, a week or two. <laughs> events and stuff just because it was getting I don't know. I was might have gotten salty. I don't I don't know what you guys say, but before the before the dice were ever rolled, <laughs> action or energy, I don't even care. Show, show Game up, one. Upset, bring that other team. It's like, why didn't I do this? It's a ton of new players, and he's just like, whatever, you, whatever, let's just play. Well, the gold <laughs> brewing for golden was a lot of fun. So the first team I had, I narrowed it down to fifteen cards, and then I went that way. The second team was thirty-five cards, I think. Yeah. That, that was bad. Like it was That's like four teams. <laughs> yeah. Do you realize like ten minutes before this event, I get a message from him as like I have fifteen cards. I don't want to play. I'm like, shouldn't you have an idea by now? The event's starting in ten minutes. Fifteen cards is like twice as many as you're supposed to have. <laughs> but it was that's, like, that's one card short of two teams. <laughs> it's just you know what? What do I want to take? How what many? am I gonna do? Like well, one card could totally shift how I purchase and buy things. So. 
on average, when a new set comes out, say say a set's been out for two or three weeks, you've pretty much seen everything that's in there. You've got an idea. How many teams are you usually brewing at one time, Jared? Me? Yeah. I probably brew three at most. Uh, I one for say, every I think, format. I think I'm about upwards of three and not necessarily one for every format. I might have like three different ideas. Mm-hmm. And I tend to go in sort of the other direction where I've got my ideas, and then I try to shoehorn that into the format. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> you go, All right, I've got my team that does this, and I need to make it modern, so i got to swap out these two cards, and then it's fine. This format is only female characters, and I've got five of them, so I'll keep this part of my team and throw on three others. Yeah, I, I tend to do a, a bit more of that. than. Wait, hold on. So what? when you guys do that, you don't... That's how you look at the weekly events. Maybe that... Maybe I could start there, because I fully, like... New, yeah, you're like you're starting from, from scratch. scratch. You put all the cards back in the binder, and then you start flipping <laughs> through them again. Yeah, I and that's kind of my that's kind of why I haven't liked all of the events around here lately because they're all so crazy different. They're so limited that you can't you keep working. Yeah, on the you same can't team. keep working on the same team. And what I love about this game is building a team, finding a a, a center, a core to that team, and then adding to it or taking away from it for, you know, and just honing the team into a well-oiled machine. Um, that's why I haven't brewed at all lately because the new Guardian set spoilers, there's just so much in there I want Them to and use. And the Spider-Man. And the, the Spider-Man, I'm carnage. like, if I want to brew a team, like five cards, five or six cards are going to be out of those two things alone. So I could brew a two-card team right Well, now. Guardians kind of broke me. Like... My brain, it was too much. There's too many ideas. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like every two seconds I get another team. I'm like, control yourself, man. The set's not even out. Yeah, And exactly. that's kind of where I'm like, I think I do need to narrow it down a little bit. Yeah. So, but there's so many cards out there. See? Yeah. So what I struggle with with <laughs> local events is I brew and I go through my binder. I'm like, oh, but that's a card. that That's an easy win condition. Nah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, you or look at that's the cards a card. And say, well, that won't be fun, or that's that's too good of a card for yeah, me to put on my I team. I really struggle with that. That's too good of a card. Should have heard his rant when Gorilla Grodd came out, and he was like, "There's no counter to it. There's no way to beat it's Gorilla Grodd. Dumb. It's impossible to beat." And I was like, "Scarecrow, Scarecrow beats it. Yeah, but that's too good of a card. Yeah, but yeah. Scarecrow. Come on, everything. man. Don't handicap yeah, yourself. My, my signature <laughs> card is too good of a card for this. I, I, I just can't do it. <laughs> it becomes yours. Like, come on. But yeah, you have a problem with handicapping yourself all the time and saying but, like in limited like you take a limited format team and then you limit yourself further by saying I'm not going to play this <laughs> handful of cards either. And I understand it with some cards. Like, the Lantern Ring, I just won't play it because I hate it and I think it's dumb. See, guys? But Russ is like, Russ is, on the, Russ is on the level where he's like, I won't play Common Static because it's too good of a card. Or <laughs> I won't play, you know, the Rare Killer Frost because it's too good of a card. And you you just put pile so many cards into that category. Well, if not, then how do those other cards get played? You know, as a little kid, I had these toys. Right, and you'd be like, and you, you opened them sp- and took them out of the box. No, you had. You'd all- feel well, bad yeah. for some of them yeah. because they wouldn't get played yeah. with. So, like, you had your stuff down, <laughs> and you're like, oh, look, he's not getting played. With. That's how I feel about the cards, except for Captain Universe and Super <laughs> Hulk and those, you know, that. But you at least played with Super Hulk. You gave Let's Super Hulk. Captain, 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 Captain Universe was not even coming out of the binder. <laughs> I tried. So, was I the only kid that was destroying my extra toys as like? Oh, and hey, that's the never gets played with. I'm just going to ruin it. <laughs> yeah, I valued my possessions <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, I just, that's all right. <laughs> if it was something that I never played with, I was like, all right, the fun in this is going to be just completely decimating. <laughs> that That's fun. Leaving it in a box to look at on a shelf is just... No, that's amazing. It's new in box. Yeah, that's <laughs> new that's, in box. That's Kevin's jam. He's never opened a toy in his life. <laughs> new in box. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Just, just be glad I don't play my dice masters like that too. I'm gonna put this uh, sealed pack down. <laughs> that's, that's rare crow right there. <laughs> you know, maybe we, maybe what we need to do to help Russ with all of his excessive brewing is approach that in the old school way. You know, back in the '70s, it would be like the the dad would catch the kid smoking a cigarette and be like, "Well, you're gonna smoke a whole pack now." <laughs> all right, Russ, you got to brew a hundred teams. <laughs> we want a hundred fully fledged teams. <laughs> and you're going to play them against a bard team, a Golden Age yeah. bard team, and you're going to play every single one of them 
just think about what combos you could find. <laughs> <laughs> think about that. If you were forced to play 100 teams against Bard and every one of your cards had to be different, who knows what you would come up with? Oh, dear. See, he's, bre- he's brewing. This intervention is supposed to get him to stop brewing. See, that's, what, <laughs> that's what I... He's sh- brewing, and he doesn't even have cards in mind. He's like, I could make combos from stuff. <laughs> like, you don't even have any specific cards in your mind, but you're, like, excited about putting these combos together. You're getting excited about the idea of brewing into unbrewable. Like, brewing so much that you're just running out of cards. That's when things get exciting. He's like, if I, if I brew 50 good teams... The next fifty are unknown. It's, in, <laughs> it's see, Russ, my question is: When you see a set of Legos, like how excited do you get with a set of Legos? Does it have instructions on what to build? Yeah, do you? No, fo- it's do just you one of those follow like Lego instructions. <laughs> Once. <laughs> how long does it last? About an hour, and then you take it apart and build, rebuild it. Your way, upgrade we, it. Change we got it. a lot of Legos. He puts it house. together and it's like a spaceship. And he's like, "Oh, this would be cool if I took these parts and put them here instead, or if I put it with this other set." And just... yeah, I've got other friends that have like buy a Lego set and then like l- like and then use it. crackle. Yeah, and we crackle. wouldn't we wouldn't be here talking about this if you just loved brewing teams and you did not care if they won or not. Yeah, but a you big care part of the problem so is much you when brew you lose. and then you get stressed. Like you stress <laughs> on the brew and then you stress on the fact that it didn't win, even though it's the very first time anyone aside from you has ever seen it. The first time you're rolling the dice and you're like going, Oh, why didn't I win? That's hard. Yeah. That's that's yeah. like bad for your brain. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> that's why I had a break. Yeah. So so <laughs> so aside from a break, what I mean, what would we tell Russ just so he can get well, to version two? Like well, so how, how, how do you break that threshold going from I'm that version mentally, one? I'm mentally starting to figure some of this stuff out. The online tournament. He's paid right, a therapist as as, to, to no, talk to No, as soon as I issues. played as soon as I played my online tournament team. I was ready to change it, possibly throw it all out the window and do something else. You finished and you were like, oh, I need this card in this spot and it, I would have won or I needed this other card and I'm going to put those on the team, but I'm locked in to what I'm playing for the next six or yeah. seven weeks. Yeah. And then as it went on, there's probably two things I would change, but everything else started working better because I was piloting it. I was forced to play it which is what I used to do for competitive is I would lock in on a team and I would practice a lot. Like I would spend yeah, we're, we're, tons of we're, hours. Yeah, where, where Ken has to kick you out of his house because it's like 3 a.m. I don't do that. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> just but we would another energy. But we would, we would stay focused on that, that one team mm-hmm. and I would know it inside and out. And now the competitive tournaments, I go and – like I'm not attached to my team. I know so, that sounds silly, so, but so, I'm ready so, to change so, it. And I there's that balance there. So so it seems like the problem is that and maybe other people who have this problem too is you're lacking that play testing where it's you know, yeah, trying my kids to, don't play as try, much. I trying think to push that's it probably part of it. I think I burned them out. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. I need you to I need you to help me practice this but team. Dad, we're gonna play, I gotta we're gonna go play do my homework games. I gotta no, go do, do my your, homework. We'll do your homework after we're after we're done with the fifteenth game. I so. think that that for you, like a rule of three, you limit your brewing to three teams, play each team three times before you totally scrap it and move on. And when you play a team, look for three things that you could change. Yeah, that would might work. I think that that could really get you into a better brewing and playing and developing good. groove. And I've gotten better at, like, I'm okay taking cards that I would think are good cards to events. You're like, getting better with that. Yeah. Like, cause I mean, yeah, sometimes it feels good to win, even if it doesn't feel like it was a miracle. <laughs> yeah. There's not like a ton of, at this point, I mean, the number of completely broken cards has decreased a lot. We've got one left that really needs to go. But aside <laughs> from that one card, I mean, you could pretty much play anything and there's a counter for it out there, like a solid, one card counter for whatever the card is there, playing. There's more coming. There's, See, yeah, the problem there's, is, though, I look coming. at a card and I'm like, oh, I could do this and this, and then I want to do it. And I could go through every card in the game and and want to do that. So it's Pick a really... Three. Pick three of them. It's really hard, <laughs> right? And I, 
and I haven't messaged you guys at like two in the morning brewing for I, I think that's a other factors time. that involve that. That's, you <laughs> this know, is that's like what you could do with Russ is you could go to like some random card generator, pick one card and be like build a team out of this and he'd be like, Oh, there's so many things I could do with that one card. It doesn't matter what card it is, any one card in the game. Yeah, it's common he can do this and, and he's still doing it. Yeah, and that's common Vixen is not terrible in this <laughs> world. Like it's not good, but it's a blank mask. Are you telling me you couldn't make a blank mask work? There's too many non-blank masks to do that. Like, Cheap why? blank masks with better stats. Where are you going to find that? Cheap <laughs> masks that have a strong ability. Like you don't even have to go blank. Why stick with blank? I mean, I guess if Cheap masks you have, have to go a blank, ability. It doesn't even have to be a good ability. If it has an ability, it's better. Honestly, what has helped me too, and this is why I say I'm okay when people message me. I get it helps when I can help other like chat brewing with other people and not have to worry about me playing those so, so are you asking people teams. to just flood you with requ- brewing requests well i'm not saying i'm <laughs> like really good at it. i just have a an issue i don't know why I send just, your brewing request to us brewing, brewing really, buddies might not be such a hot segment for us to be on in the future because it's like him falling off the wagon every time we have to brew another team because then he's like, oh, man. that." Would... Then he comes up with, like, three new team ideas from one of our Brewing Buddies segments. He's like, oh, I got to try those out. I got to brew all three teams. There's so, a lot of cards out there. It would be nice if there, if we weren't strapped at eight on a team. <laughs> yeah, he wants, like, 16, 16 card teams. Well, he, he wants to build teams Think with 15 cards. Combos. What if we did, like, a... This is why he's so excited about the rare collector from the Guardians. Yeah, you're not kidding. He's, like, he's like, he's like, I can buy sixteen cards now instead of eight. Yeah, that'll, this is that'll all be true. the game is finding the combo with your cards. Like his team will be only to get. The but if you have the right cards, comboing <laughs> if you have, your stuff. He's if like, you have the right cards on your team, comboing their stuff will not be that difficult. Yeah, no, it, that's it's a should, cool idea, but I don't think that we, we, like, we should, should do a rust, going a rust tournament where all of us bring the team he wants, and he just has the collector and he has to buy all our stuff. Maybe that's the solution. Maybe <laughs> you just play mirror teams with the collectors. And, <laughs> okay, buy my stuff. It's on your team too. But really, <laughs> for the most part, Guardians broke me. I I can't brew all that, so I'm sticking to. Collector and maybe one or two other. So things. yeah, we, we I, should we should have a follow up. There's too much. We, we should have you tr- try this rule of three and have a follow up uh, on that. It's probably it's probably for the best, Russ. If you make him follow this rule of three, though, that means he has to scrap like 27 teams that he already has in the works. It's okay, man. It's okay to let go. I just don't know if he can do it. I spent a bunch of hours organizing all my extras into limited set of extras where it's just one of each of the extras so now i have this little set of cards and dice to completely randomize it which i kind of figure what are you thinking like a chaos cube type of yeah. thing? yeah yeah he just, just like he just likes dealing I love, like shuffling them up and dealing yeah. eight cards out to each person i've gotten like, okay. to be able to play with me i just love to like full-on just turd teams <laughs> and you figure out combos you're able to hone in your like piloting skills, right? Because you have just terrible stuff in front of you, and you're the just real ready problem to go. with that is though, it just feeds the beast. Like you play yeah. five random teams, and then you have ten teams that you're brewing based on the combos that you found in those teams. But there are some really fun teams out there that I want to go back to brewing that I think I gave up. Of on course, exactly. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem, man. This is like, the problem. Like you Red just Hood. Need to, like you the, need to play your random team and then say, "Oh, that was fun," and put those cards away and not think about them again. But see, I want to go back to the Joker saga. Like <laughs> that team. That was just so fun. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So, guys, if you have any tips on how we can help Russ, because we've tried. I, I know I can't be do, the only do, one do, that do, just brews yeah, and brews. Do, do and you brews. feel a little bit better on that? And if somebody out there wants to try the rule of threes, we're really interested to see if that's going to help you hone in a little bit. Because that's the, that's the whole point is us trying to figure out that balance of trying all these teams, but then sticking to one of them and trying to make that a fully viable team. Yeah, and and if you're losing sleep over what you're brewing, like just message us. 
we'll message Russ <laughs> and and maybe talk to him about letting something go. <laughs> like, d- don't let it uh, don't let it cause you too much stress. It's yeah, just remember game. this game it's is all for fun. fun. But that's what's exciting about brewing. <laughs> all right, so guys, thank you for talking um, for trying to get Russ sober. Is that the right word? Sober from brewing. I don't. I don't, I don't feel like we made a lot of progress. I here. don't know, but ho- <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we we've, we've increased awareness. Or if you guys have suggestions and stuff, shoot us an email: doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page: facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Even if you, maybe if you have this problem, we can create a support yeah, group if, or something. If you or someone you love is <laughs> excessive brewing and you. <laughs> Just can't seem to get a hold of it. Call the Dice Master Support Hotline now. one 800 ko King. There has to be others that just love to brew. A lot. You're not alone in this struggle. Call now. Someone will listen. And will help. <laughs> and that's it for this episode of the Double Burst Podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. How do you feel about this rigorous training card? And what are some cool league ideas you've done? Shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Check out doubleburst.com for past episodes, places to subscribe, and cool player resources. Big thanks to Game Haven Sandy for giving us a place to record. If you guys live in Utah, make sure you check them out. If not, check them out online at yourgamehaven.com. Of course, big thanks to everybody who listens to this show. Everybody on the team appreciates it. And until next time, my friends, may your dice rolls be ever in your favor. Mm-hmm.